0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the Friday night slate of college basketball at DFS. It is a DraftKings-only night for college basketball at DFS. And I'll be honest, it's kind of interesting the way this one works out. It is literally all mid-majors. And so I kind of always wonder when DraftKings does a slate like this, like where do they draw the line in terms of how mid-major is to mid-major, Right. Like I understand the Dayton Loyola Chicago game being on there, right? Those are two teams that are nationally known. They made big runs in the NCAA tournament. People recognize those names and it's the Atlantic 10, which is one of the best mid-major conferences. And, it's going to be on ESPN. And so you're looking at, you know, a pretty quality mid-major matchup there, right? Even though though it's not that good this year, but still, those are two recognizable programs. And then you got, like, you know, you keep going down the board. You got your Mountain West games with Air Force and Wyoming and New Mexico and San Jose State. And it's like, okay, you know, that's the Mountain West. That's one of the top mid-major conferences. And then you get to Yale at Penn. Okay, Ivy League, you know, not bad. Quinnipiac at Siena. A little bit of MAC action. Uh, And then right stay at Cleveland State. A little bit of Horizon League action. So like, I don't know why necessarily DraftKings draws the line at the, whole, uh, the horizon league on this slate, but that is what they did. And I'm not complaining because it's a nice little six game slate where we've got a lot of solid players, a lot of value to be had, and a lot of interesting situations. And in my opinion, what makes this slate kind of cool is the fact that because it's all mid-majors, you're gaining an information advantage by doing research. Instead of just being the guy that looks at the game log and clicks on the player If you do a little bit of more research, you're going to be in the advantage tonight and there is a lot of money to be made here on this Friday night. And hopefully by listening to this podcast, you'll have a leg up on the rest of the competition. So without further ado, um, one more thing with the introduction actually. Uh, I kind of got ahead of myself there. So we will be doing a Friday night show that is going to preview the Saturday slate. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. When you subscribe, you'll be alerted when new episodes drop. And we will be dropping Friday night to preview the Saturday slate of College Basketball at DFS because Saturday is such a big day for our College Basketball DFS. So... Make sure you stay tuned for that. Other than that, now the introduction is finally over. Let's go ahead and start breaking down the slate. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So on this six-game Friday slate, there are a few games that stand above the rest in terms of games that we want to target and make sure that we get some exposure to. The one at the top of my list is Wright State at Cleveland State. It has the highest total of the day. Vegas has it at 148.5. Ken Palm has this game at 74 to 71 Cleveland State. And the previous matchup between these two teams was an 85 to 77 Cleveland State victory. So 162 total points scored in that one. Um, so I think you can expect more of the same here. Both these teams like to push the tempo. Both these teams are fairly solid offensive teams. The second highest total of the day is New Mexico at San Jose State. That one has a total of 145. Ken Palm has that game as San Jose State 74 to 73. So Ken Palm has it for 147. The previous matchup between these two teams was not that. It was 77 to 57 in favor of New Mexico at the pit in Albuquerque. Um, now, when it comes to this game, this game's at San Jose State, but what's very important to me is Jalen House of New Mexico, his status. Uh, New Mexico does not push the tempo as much when he is not in the lineup, and they're actually 0-2 in games where he is out of the lineup. And so his injury status is going to be very important to monitor. The good news in terms of like the possibility of him playing is that he did go through warmups in their last game before deciding not to play. So that would indicate to me that he's pretty close to coming back. if he does not play, I would highly expect that game to hit the under. Now, Yale at Penn is the third highest total of the night. Um, Vegas has that one, 143.5. Ken Palm has it as Yale, 73 to 71. And the previous matchup was a 70 to 63 Yale win. So the other three games tend to be more, um, not in terms of like the full rock fight category, but they're all in the 130s. I think they're games that um, you can find pieces for, but if you're looking at game stacking, one of those three is the options that I would go with. All right, now let's talk about the guard position. So Hunter Maldonado of Wyoming is the highest priced guard on the slate. And Wyoming's in a very interesting spot. You got to know about the full context of what Wyoming is going through right now. So Wyoming in the last two weeks has had Noah Reynolds get injured for the rest of the season and Ethan Anderson leave the program. Noah Reynolds was their leading score. Ethan Anderson was a solid contributor. Since then, Wyoming has essentially only played five guys. They're playing all of their starters like over 33 minutes a game since those two guys have left. And so Maldonado's usage has been incredibly high in those games. I don't like the price tag here on Maldonado for this game against Air Force, but I do like the trending of the usage, like pointing skyward up for Maldonado. Um, so I think he definitely has a high ceiling. I don't think he has a whole lot of security. 30, but that usage could lend itself to a massive game out of Aldonado. If I'm being totally honest, I wish his price tag was about $600 cheaper and I would think he would be almost a lineup lock, but this is a lot to reach on this price tag where there's a lot of guys in the 8 and 7K range that I'm very interested in. So now looking further down the board, Penn's Jordan Dingle is a fairly solid bet, in my opinion. He it would probably be my cash game pick, if I'm being totally honest. Um, he is the fourth highest usage rate in all of college basketball, according to Ken Palm. And so you're looking at a guy who has the ball in his hands a lot, shoots a lot, assists a lot. Like He just... The usage gives him such a high floor. And if you want evidence that he has over 32 fantasy points in six straight games and against Yale, the last time these two teams played, he had 38.8 fantasy points, and that would be four times value for his current salary. So Penn's Jordan Dingle, very solid play in all formats. I think he would be a cash game lock in my opinion. Now, another guy in the 8K range that I like is San Jose State's Amari Moore. He gets a big tempo up spot against New Mexico. He had 37 fantasy points against them last time, and I absolutely think he could have a repeat performance. Now, looking at this home game for San Jose State, where they're sure to score more points where they did the first time they played New Mexico. Now, the 7K range has some guys that somewhat pique my interest. Um, Jamal Mashburn Jr., could see more shots if Jalen House sits out. But in my opinion, his ceiling is kind of capped because all he does is score. He doesn't get you a whole lot of rebounds or assists. Loyola's Braden Norris is theoretically in a good spot against Dayton. Dayton is one of the best interior defenses in college basketball with their two bigs, who we're gonna talk about later. Uh, So Norris kind of facilitating from the perimeter and attacking from the perimeter would theoretically be a pretty good way to attack this Dayton defense. And we've seen guards kind of have solid games against them, but it didn't really happen the last time these two teams played. Norris only had 24.8 fantasy points in 43 minutes the last time loyal played the Flyers. That game, that game did go into overtime, so that's how he got to 43 minutes. So theoretically a good spot for Braden Norris, but I, I'm fine passing on it. Now, the bottom of the 7K range has two Sienna guys, Jared Billups and Andrew Playtech, that have both flashed high ceilings this season. But in my opinion, I don't think they have the same ceiling right now because JVM McCullum is back in the lineup, and he's taken up a lot of usage, and it's taken away from Billups and Playtech's potential to reach their ceiling. Now, in that same game... There's two guards that I would be interested in more than Bills and Playtech. One of them is the guy that I just mentioned, JPM McCollum. He has back to back fantasy performances over 36 fantasy points. The other guy in that game that I'm interested in is Quinny PX, Luis Courtright. He has four straight games over 23 fantasy points, two of which are over 30 fantasy points. He is taking a lot of shots and he's getting a lot of assists. And that's good news heading in this matchup against Siena because Siena has a very high or gives up a very high assist rate. They give up assists on a large percentage of their made buckets. Now, looking in the 6K range still, Dayton's Malachi Smith is probably my favorite play in the 6K range. If he had been healthy all season long, quite frankly, he wouldn't be priced here. He's been dealing with a nagging ankle injury that started in the A-10 tournament last season against Richmond. It was a very tragic end to the season for the Flyers because, you know, just that one ankle injury kind of sent them straight to the NIT, whereas if they won that game, they're very likely in the NCAA tournament. Um, So that ankle injury has been affecting him all season, and he's kind of back... I don't want to say he's all the way back, but like just the eye test, he looks back, in my opinion. He's finished three of his last four games. He left one early with the ankle injury. And in those three games, he had 24, 38, and 25 fancy points. And, hear me out, guess who the 38 fancy point performance was against? That's right. Loyola Chicago, who the Flyers get Friday night. Malachi Smith gets a lot of usage in ball screens and he does a lot more than score. And now that he's finally hundred percent on this ankle, I think he's a really, really solid play heading into this Friday night slate. Now, looking down at the 5K range, there are some really solid plays in this range. Guys like Deshaun Parker and Ben Schweiger both piqued my interest a little bit. But my favorite play in this 5K range is Bez Mbang of Yale. He's hit four times value in six straight games, and he hasn't been under three times value in this calendar year since we flipped to 2023. And he had 23.8 points last, or fantasy points last time against Penn. That would be good for four times value. I just think he's a super consistent option. He's great in a cash game where you can get that four times value. Uh, And I think he has shown enough upside to be played in a gpp and can get you five times value as well now another name to look out for in this range uh, i don't know how much i'm going to be playing of this guy because i do think there's a little bit of a risk associated with him he's kind of a streaky shooter and that's dayton's kobe brea he got the start in the flyers last game in place of mustafa amzil and he had 26.5 fantasy points against st louis Anthony Grant has been pretty fluid with these lineups, especially with the injuries to Malachi Smith and Kobe Elvis and R.J. Blakeney. Uh, And so I don't necessarily know if Bray is going to get the start again or if that was just kind of a one-time thing against St. Louis. But he did have a lot of success. He played a lot of minutes and will absolutely take 26.5 fantasy points again out of a guy at his price tag. Now looking down at the 4K range and below... The 4K range is just a lot on this slate, y'all. First six games late, there's a lot going on in the 4K range. There's some guys in here who are super inconsistent, like Amari Davis and Michael Ely. And then there's guys who are inconsistent but not super productive, like Tyrese Williams. And then there's just two straight misprices who are going to be super chalky, like August Mahoney and George Smith. But my personal favorite play in the 4K range is Wyoming's Brendan Wenzel. Wyoming, like I said, is only playing five guys right now, essentially. And he is one of them. Them. In his last three games, he's averaging 35 minutes and 23 fantasy points. And at his price tag, that is an absolute steal. Now, there are a few injury-affected players down here that we do need to talk about. So if j House of New Mexico continues to sit out, Donovan Dent and Javante Johnson both have a little bit of upside. Kind of... The one thing I wish that these two guys did more of, though, I wish they assisted the ball more. They don't really either do that a whole lot, but they kind of just come in and kind of take turns just shooting the ball, whereas Jalen House used to be the one shooting the ball. Um, So I do think they have some upside. If House plays, I'm probably not interested in either of them. Now, another name to look out for, uh, Jeffrey Mills of Air Force. Just From everything I have seen, he is likely to sit out of this game against Wyoming, and Carter Murphy, who's at $3,500, is likely the one that's going to be taking his spot and his minutes and his usage, and he's averaging 22 fantasy points in his last two games, again at $3,500 on DraftKings. He has the potential to be the value play of the slate. All right, so that does it for the guard position, so let's take a quick breather, and then let's break down the big fellas. (laughs) It's not often that the top two plays at their position on the same slate are occupied by two guys on the same team, and that is what we have with the four position on this Friday night with Dayton's two big men in Tumani Kamara and Deron Holmes. And look, if you if you have not seen these guys play, these two are legitimate NBA big men in my opinion. Kamara is super long, super athletic, possesses you know skills that he can score at all levels, uh, and then you got Deron Holmes, who is just an elite low post scorer, great rim protector, also very. athletic athletic and so these two guys like they give Dayton a chance to win every game just by having these two guys on the floor that they are an absolute problem in the A-10 and so looking at their you know kind of profiles right now Tumani Kamara has been Dayton's more productive player between the two in their last four games he's averaging 42 fantasy points in that stretch in the same stretch Duran Holmes is averaging 28 fantasy points per game so edge to Kamara there however Derron Holmes is the guy that came in as the A-10 preseason player of the year. He does block a lot of shots, and he's still Dayton's usage leader for the entire season. He just hasn't really been seeing the same production lately. It's just kind of leaned to Kamara. So what I think will happen is Kamara will be more popular. Because Kamara makes more sense as a play, like just all across the board, right? He had 47 fantasy points the last time that these two teams played um, earlier this month. However, Deron Holmes in that game had 26.3 fantasy points and only made one field goal in that game. It was actually in overtime. He didn't make a field goal in regulation. So I think that Holmes makes for a very interesting contrarian play because Kamara is going to be really popular right? Because if you don't know anything about these two guys, the game log, the fantasy points, the performance in the last game, like it all points to Kamara, right? But Holmes has the pedigree. He has the usage and he has this ceiling. And so I think that really, if you're trying to win a GPP, Holmes is probably more of the guy that you would want to go with, but I definitely have no problem playing Kamara. I have no problem playing either of these two guys. I think they're both in for a great game against that Loyola Chicago front court. Now, heading down the board, we got Morris Udezi of New Mexico. He appears kind of unaffected in terms of performance by the J1 House injury, and he had 40.5 fantasy points against San Jose State the last time these two teams played. In that game, he dominated the boards. He had 14 rebounds. I have no problem going back to him tonight. Now, the 7K range is small for this slate. However, it is the range of rematches. Cleveland State's Tristan Anaruna had 40.3 fantasy points against Wright State the first time these two teams played. And then Air Force's Wrightus Petritus had 33.3 fantasy points against Wyoming the last time those two teams played. So both those two guys hit value in the previous matchup. No problem going back to either of them for that reason. Now the 6K range is, you know, we had the range of rematches at the 7K. The 6K range is the range of misprices. Matt Noling, Deontay Johnson, and then most notably Brandon Noel are the three guys in this range that I believe are severely mispriced. Noel specifically. Noel is going to be very popular. He's going to be very chalky. But I think he's such of a misprice that I honestly don't have a problem with it. Now, the 6K range also has two guys who performed well in their previous matchup. Loyola's Philip Alston had 36.5 fantasy points against Dayton, and Yale's EJ Jarvis had 36.5 fantasy points against Penn. Okay, those were both 36.5 fantasy points. Wow, that was kind of a coincidence. Now, in the case of Philip Alston, I did watch this game with Dayton versus Loyola, and he's pretty darn athletic, but I don't know. I don't think that... The ways that he was scoring are necessarily sustainable. He had a lot of threes in this game, and he is really not like a super high volume three point shooter. Um, And so I don't necessarily think he's going to get to that 36.5 again. I think, you know, he could get to probably four times value for you, but I don't think that that 36.5 is likely. Honestly, the 5K range for the forward position. It's kind of ugly. However, there is one guy I like in this range, and that is Jeremiah Oden of Wyoming. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Wyoming's pretty much only playing five guys, and he's one of those guys. He's averaging 34 minutes and 25 fantasy points in his last two games. And the last Wyoming guy that I really like is Hunter Thompson. He's $4,300 on DraftKings, um, and he is the last of the five guys that they are playing. I have no problem going back to him for that reason. Now, another name to look out for in the 4K range is Loyola's Bryce Golden. He played a lot of minutes the first time that Dayton and Loyola played because their starting big Tom Welch got in foul trouble, and he had 22.8 fantasy points. I kind of see that happening again because I just don't think that Tom Welch has anything inside to defend Kamara or Holmes, and so you're going to have to see an increased minutes for Golden. And so what I think might be kind of an interesting little stack is if you're playing one of the Dayton big men, Kamara or Holmes, to also play Golden, knowing that you know, if Kamara and Holmes are successful, then it's going to mean that Tom Welch is probably in foul trouble. And so I think that that's a nice little correlation stack that you could make uh, by pairing those guys together. All right, so that does it for the breakdown of the forward position. Looking at the slate as a whole, y'all, There's a lot of plays in the eight and nine K range that I think are worth going to on this slate. And I think I've highlighted all of them. I think that how you pick those guys is going to determine on how you can find the values. I mentioned that there's some misprices on this slate, but they're all kind of sitting there in the five K and six K range. So I don't know if you're going to be able to just play all of those guys and get you to being able to play your eight K nine K guys. So I think it's going to be very interesting on how people fill out their lineups with the value plays if they want to get to these 8K and 9K guys. All right, so if you want to see how I construct my lineups, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Y'all, for real, it helps me out a lot. We're actually on track for Thursday night's episode, or well, I guess it released Wednesday night, but it was for the Thursday night DFS slate. That is projected to be our highest listened to episode since we've been doing this podcast. And I want to keep it growing, but I can only do it with you guys' help. So please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help me out. And lastly, when you subscribe, you'll be notified when we drop our Friday night episode that is going to preview the Saturday College Basketball DFS slate. We got FanDuel and DraftKings contests on Saturday, so we're going to have a lot to talk about, a lot to preview, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Other than that, that's all I got, y'all. With this mid-major heavy slate, I hope that I was able to give you guys an advantage on the rest of the field by talking about these names, giving these profiles, giving these anecdotes, and I'm hoping that with a slate where there's not a whole lot of knowledge to go around, we're able to one-up the competition. All right? Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time.